they, I'll let him tell you the story, but February 2nd, right, yeah. Pastor? Yeah. February 2nd, uh, Excel launched, uh, uh, you know, I got to, you know, you know, get in there early and talk to him about stuff. And, you know, he's just, uh, he has a tremendous amount to give, but he's also one who's always learning and receiving and got a tremendous humility about him and honor side about him that I loved a lot. And he's a cool cat, too, and he plays ball. So that helps. That makes it even better. Um, I, I can't say enough about him. I love him. Uh, we haven't known each other that long, but it feels like we've known each other forever. And uh, I consider him, you know, like a spiritual son. And, and, and our house is his house. And it's just an honor to be able to uh, share the, the pulpit. Are, are you, are you going to allow him to pastor you tonight and, and continue where we left off this morning? Amen. Can you, give, can you give Emmy a big hand as he comes up? God bless. Hey. I could have kept going in that mode with the worship. And you sometimes you'd be surprised. Some people would think they'd come here to see Emmy, and if he would have left it up to that, I would have just let the anointing just move. And and truth be told, the way he opened when he started talking about hunger and going after God, some Pastor, I'm just gonna speak from my heart. Yeah, let's do that. That might be that's a good thing. Could be dangerous too. We're really inundated a lot in this culture today where we are, we are always motivated by a lot of things that are just binging and dinging and ringing and on your phone. And, you know, we were just so distracted by so much. And I, and I really don't despise my upbringing when I came up in the body of Christ because I was compelled through circumstances to really fall on my face and go after God. So when I started to see uh, people worshiping, we can do that for hours. And some of you would walk out of here, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful in any way. Some people will walk out and just say, well, I didn't get anything. And if you do that, you missed it. Sometimes you got to just deliberately and intentionally speak to your soul and tell your mind and all your emotions, shut up. And we're just going to go after God. And every time she pops up in your brain, shut up. And every time that you think about how many emails you got, shut up. You just got to shut all that down and just deliberately keep worshiping and deliberately keep going after God. And only when that becomes a consistent thing and you become hungry for the manifest presence of God, you will start to experience a visitation. Let me share this little testimony. Last time I came here, I can't remember how long ago it was, but when I came here, um, I had an opportunity at the end of the service to start praying for some people. Um, And and I remember a couple over here said, can you pray for my daughter? Uh, Her name is Cheyenne. She's here today. And I just love testimonies after the fact because it validates that God will confirm his word with signs that follow. Matthew 16. Yeah, you read your Bible, right? It's in there, right? And we were over here in this vicinity praying, and, 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 and you correct me if I'm wrong, wherever the parents are, you just correct me. And they mentioned that, that she had multiple seizures two to three times a week, and, and a portion of her brain was missing. And, and, and this is what the doctor said. And, and, and me, I'm, just, I'm one of those people that I was just taught the word, and I was taught to believe it. I wasn't taught to criticize it and question it. Where I'm from, I needed God to move in my life. So I had no choice but to release my faith and say, Lord, I put your word on the line. It was kind of like the tithe. I'm going to test you in this. But I tested him with everything. 
And God will honor your faith at certain levels depending on where you are. And at that stage and season in my life, I was just believing God for everything. Nothing could drop dead in front of me because I wanted to touch it and lay hands on it and see if it was going to come out. You know, a dead turtle. Let's go. Get up. Jesus' name. <laughs> Lord, it ain't working. Let's try it again. And Jesus, you know, get up. And when they asked me to pray, I just went over there. I think I might have seen some oil or something. I was looking for, they, they got me some, and I prayed, and I laid hands on her. And this is no credit, glory to me, because God will do what he did in that scenario in your life as well. And when I came through the door, who today, when I came through the door, who's standing there with two pictures that she colored for me? Yeah, my girl, Cheyenne. And, and when she came in, the mother began to just give me a testimony and said, when you prayed that day, She's never had another Caesar since. I'm, I had to go in a corner by myself, and I'm like, Lord, look at you. Go God. Let's make Jesus famous. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's not about a man. That's just about an available vessel. You need to understand that because if, you, if you're not careful, churches have a tendency, or people in church, we have a tendency of making church celebrities. And we just think that if it happened through one person, it can only happen through that person. Again, the devil is a lie. God wants to use you. All the way in the back of the room to the front of God wants to use you. Whether you 10 or you 100, God wants to use you. Absolutely. You don't believe that. Talk to Abraham. 100 years old, still having babies. You know that's God. They didn't have... That back then. None of those pills and nothing like that. Yeah, see how I had to postpone that? It took a while for it to land. I wasn't sure. I was kind of surveying my crowd and seeing if that was appropriate or not. I, I'm almost tempted to go with my heart. I was going to talk about temptation, and I'm tempted to just go in another direction. And I'm, you're just going to have to roll with the word that's in my heart because I don't have anything penciled down. And I want, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 was going to talk a little bit about temptation. I called Pastor Derek. I was like, listen, is that okay? He said, absolutely, it's all right. And, and I could talk about that, and we could go in James chapter 1 if we wanted to and talk about how every man is drawn away by his own lust and enticed. But I want to talk to you about something else right now. And it's really, if you're going to give this a name for those of you who are making CDs and all that, I don't know what you're going to call it. We'll figure it out. We'll give a name before the conclusion, Okay. Take a poll and figure something out. But I want you to see the heart of a woman in Mark chapter 5. And I need this woman's heart to reflect where we should all be. Uh, Mark chapter 5. I'm going to start. Now, mind you, I'm just going to start reading, and then we're just going to run with this. Is this okay? In Mark chapter 5, let's go with verse 21, if you have your Bibles. Hopefully you have a Bible. If you don't, just roll with me. Uh, starting from verse 21, the Bible says, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers, uh, this is just a typical life. Oh, look at that. They put the verses and I didn't even give it to him. You guys are good. You guys are good. Yeah, that's awesome. I talked about you this morning during my message. Yeah, over at Excel. Absolutely. You guys are making room for other leaders to be produced through Connect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a wonderful thing. Other church planners possibly coming out of it, not just Connect, the church itself, but to allow ARC to come down here and to use this venue to groom other potential leaders to launch them out. Come on, we're trying to change New England. Yeah, I said we're trying to change New England. 
Absolutely. We try and change it. Framingham, Fitchburg, Worcester, Boston. Come on. Absolutely. It's, listen, it started here. A pilgrim showed up here. Yeah, it's going to end here. I wouldn't be surprised if Jesus didn't show up at the top of the mountain. He might show up in Massachusetts. Absolutely. This place is God's land. I don't care what they say. They call it what they want to call it. Yeah, it's on fire for God. Sometimes, young lady, sometimes you got to keep your faith confession and say the right things, right? She said, watch your confession. I said, oh, I like you. You got to watch your confession. Absolutely. So, so in Mark chapter 5, verse 22, then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there, and he saw Jesus, and he fell at his feet, and he pleaded earnestly with him. And he said, uh, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put uh, uh, your hands on her so that she will be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him. Now Jesus is on a mission. This guy releases his faith and said, listen, I've seen you doing some things, and I need that experience to come touch the life of my daughter. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. This woman had an issue. Yeah. I don't know what it is to be a woman. I never will. Thank you, Jesus. That, that, that deserves some type of amen from a man in the building. And, and to have this issue just hemorrhaging for 12 years just just desperate. See, that's the issue. That's the issue. Unfortunately, sometimes we don't really know how to praise God. And, I, and Can I be me? And I have to apologize every five minutes because I'm, you know, sometimes we don't really know how to praise God because we haven't been through anything. We haven't had enough pressure to be placed on our lives where we were really desperate for God. I'm starting a series in, in October called You Ask the, and I'm and I'm asking the audience to, to start submitting uh, questions. And I, the, the questions are starting to roll in so I can start preparing my messages. And one of the questions that I got so far was, uh, I just recently talked about my church encounters God. And I was challenging people to not just always want an explanation. You should want an encounter with God. Everything can't be explained. God, God is, he just didn't, uh, God never intended just to be studied. He, he wanted to be encountered. And so somebody submitted a question and they said, well, what if I feel like I got my life together and I got all my answers? Why would I need an encounter? It's not desperate enough. Money can't buy everything. Yeah, what's going to happen when a, heat, when, a, when a sickness shows up that money can't buy? You're going to try to negotiate and barter the system? Say, Lord, you know, I just put 500 on Craigslist, and I'm wondering if you give me healing in exchange for that money. That It's not happening. God, by the way, God is not moved by need. If God was moved by need, we wouldn't have any more need today. There's need everywhere. There's need in the United States. There's need in third world countries. There's need internationally. God is not moved by need. And I don't say that to be disrespectful to anybody who's crying because you need God to move because of your need. Now, he sympathizes with whatever you're going through. Hebrews chapter 4, we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who was tempted in all points just as we were. Yeah, he was without sin. He sympathizes with you no matter where you are. But God is not motivated by need. He's motivated by faith. God will move on your behalf if you would just believe him. The problem that we're having today is that people are just not believing God. Everything just needs to be explained. We're not believing God. Our faith is not under enough pressure for us to believe God. 
We have a lot of conveniences that it's not. It, it, the, 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 now, don't misunderstand me. I don't want to minimize the convenience because I believe that even conveniences is of God. So every time you get a headache, you pop a pill. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it robs us of an opportunity to be able to release our faith and to believe God. So there's nothing wrong with conveniences. I love the fact that, that we have running water at our convenience so we could just take showers and waste water. And, and I'm not saying that because, you know, we want to waste water. I'm just saying that we just have it at our disposal. But there are some people that have to believe God for water on a daily basis. Their faith is really being proven and God is moving in dramatic ways. I know I told you to do Mark and I got this ADD issue. Do me a favor. Since you have your Bible, look at Hebrews chapter 11. Now, this was Sunday. This is Sunday Night Live, right? You guys love your Bible. Yeah, yeah, you do. So I'm going to help you develop a relationship with it. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. I could quote a lot of these verses, but I'm not going to do that. I want you to go in it so you can mark it down if it's not in there. And when you get to Hebrews chapter 11, I want you to look at verse 6. I want you to look at verse 6. You there? If you're there, somebody say, whoop, there it is. Oh, everybody's there. You guys move fast in your Bible. I like you. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. And without, I want to please God. I just want to do the will of God. I want to please him. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anybody who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You want to please God? We got to get to a point where we start believing God, where we actually start trusting God, that, that, that if the job lays you off, you don't just immediately just I'm not saying that you won't have uh, uh, struggles mentally and emotionally about what's to come. But it has to get to a point in our relationship with God that we're so dependent upon him. That when things happen that are inconsistent, we can turn to a consistent God and say, Lord, you knew this was going to happen, and I'm still trusting you that the best is yet to come. That no matter what happened, you get a random hominy. So many people, listen, this week, some of you are going to get an unexpected text, an unexpected phone call, an unexpected letter in the mail. Something is going to happen, and where is your faith going to rest? You get a call that your mother, they're rushing mom to the hospital. Do you go crazy and curse everybody out or do you get composed? Say, Father, this didn't catch you by surprise. And you said that without faith, it is impossible to please you. And I'm going to believe right now that you're going to move through the doctors and you're going to move in that hospital. And I thank you because you're just not the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. You're the God of me, Michael and Michelle and, and Maria and Pookie. You, you're the God of the of the people of the 21st century. We're not keeping God in a time capsule just, just hoping that he would do what he did for Abraham. God is moving today just like he did back then. And, 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 and the young lady that I prayed for last, whenever the last time I was here, she's, an, she's proof that if we would just trust God by faith, God would move. I'm talking about God would move, like really move, like a sickness couldn't even walk in the building. It wouldn't have an opportunity to follow you into the building. And I know this might seem radical to some people because you're rationalist and everything just needs to make sense. But what if you just put aside everything that you thought and said, Father, I'm just going to trust you. I'm a believer, so I'm going to believe you. I'm not going to doubt you. I'm not going to call myself a believer and then question everything that you do. I'm going to believe God. 
Yeah, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anybody who comes to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder, that he is a rewarder. See, God rewards faith. We got to believe him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to get to the point. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm believing God for a culture of people that are just desperate for God and for my young people. That's what I want more than anything. That's what I want. I want all these young people to just have this Joshua spirit that we're just going to believe God and just give me a sword and a shield and throw me in a battle. And we're going to come out winning because the battle is not mine. It belongs to the Lord. Just put me in a fight, coach. That's what we want. We want to believe God. And I want to challenge you before I walk out of these doors today. This wasn't in my intended message. I told you I was going to talk to you about temptation. Now I'm going to talk to you about the temptation not to use your faith. You're going to use it. You're going to use your faith. And without faith, I'm going to go back over to Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, so this woman shows up and she had been subject to bleeding, according to the NIV. She had this issue for 12 years. 12 years. Man. Man, so we, we got to get to a point where we just, we are desperate for God. Desperate to want to see God move in our lives. Desperate to want to see God heal our families. Desperate to want to see people just get saved. Like, just get saved. Like, like the, the, the issue that you're having with them is because they don't see how you see because they're not looking at it through a spiritual lens. And all we need to do is just pray that God would remove. Those blinding spirits would just remove uh, uh, and move out the way in Jesus' name so that they can see the light of the gospel who is the image of God in the face of Christ. Yeah. Let me go back into Mark and get back into this. Verse 26. So she, and I, you know what I love about this? Is that God didn't want to embarrass her. So we don't really know her by name. We just know she was the woman with the issue of blood. <laughs> I love it. Saving her identity so we don't talk bad about her. You know, just the woman who had that issue. You know how it is, pastors. We get stories on everybody, but to be safe and still use the, the content so it can draw an impact, we'll just talk about the story and the highlights and just leave the name out. God did that. He, uh, he's the author of uh, homiletics, the art of preaching. Uh, let me, I'm sorry. I just got off mentally. Uh, uh, so verse 26, she had a great deal. Uh, um, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, and she spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. What do you do when you do everything you're supposed to do or what you think you need to do and the situation doesn't get better, it gets worse? Yeah, yeah. what do you do when you don't know what to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what do you do? What do you do? Verse 27, and when she heard about Jesus, sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes it all it takes when she heard about Jesus. Isn't it interesting that we can get saved and somebody has given us the remedy. We call it the remedy of sin, but just the remedy of life. Like life has gotten, how many people can really say that my life has perpetually gotten better, perpetually changed. I'm just moving from faith to faith and from glory to glory because of what somebody told me about Jesus, my encounter with Christ. How many people can say that my life has changed because of Christ? And for everybody else who didn't raise your hand, we're going to pray for you because you're going to have an encounter with Christ. But, but in that regard, if we have the answer and we really believe that we've had this encounter that has changed our lives, why not share that with other people? Giving other people an opportunity to hear about what you heard about that changed your life. 
Yeah. So the book goes on to say that when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and, and she touched his cloak. She came behind him in a crowd, in a crowd, and, and touched his cloak because she said to herself or she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. My, my, my mind is stuck on that word crowd. When she came behind him in the crowd, just because Jesus is in the midst of the crowd, everybody who surrounds Jesus is in the crowd are not necessarily believe in Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Just because there's a crowd and there's Jesus, everyone who's in the crowd is not necessarily believe in Jesus. You don't indict people when they come to church and you see them in church and they leave and then you see them go wilding and going crazy and cussing people out. And I seen them in church just because they were in church doesn't necessarily mean that they were believing the Jesus of the church. They could have just been in the crowd. The crowd and the congregation is a sharp distinction between the two. And the reason why sometimes Christians get critical of other people is because we think that everybody who shows up in the crowd are Christians. Not to look at the person next to you and say, uh-uh, that's not the case. That's not the case. It's not true. It's just not true. And so when she came up behind him in a crowd, she touched his cloak. Isn't it funny that when you have faith, you reach and touch? But when you just speculate and you just look, you're in the crowd. You're as close to your miracle. It's right there. You're so close but so far. And faith is the key that you would need to get a little closer. Don't be shy. Get a li- No, sorry, that's a commercial. Because she thought to herself, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Look at verse 29. Soon after. No, no, no. Thank you, D. Thank you. Thank you. Read what you. Okay, okay. That, mine says immediately. 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 Yeah, not two weeks from now, immediately, immediately. I'm believing God for some immediately's to take place. Yeah, no, 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 really, really. We, we, time is running short, and, and I, I, I do believe that Jesus is coming again. I don't know if you believe that, but I do believe that Jesus is coming again, and because there's an urgency for him to return, I need God to do some things like yesterday. Like, I got some time-sensitive situations. I need God to touch a business so that that business can prosper. And as a result, we can flood the body of Christ and the kingdom of God with finances so we can continue to preach and build more churches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm believing God for, 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 for families to be restored and people to actually be saved, like your mother to be saved, your father to be saved, your sisters and your brothers to be saved. Why? Because there's an urgency. He will return. I'm believing God for him to do some immediate leads. Yeah, like now. Like, absolutely. What, what's wrong with that? Like, why, why can't I use my faith to believe God now? You do know that God is a now God. You know that God is not a yesterday God. Yeah, and he's not necessarily a tomorrow God, though that would all make sense because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Because God stands in eternity and he looks into time, he can be yesterday, today, and forevermore. But God is always now because it doesn't matter if it's yesterday, today, or forevermore because if you point to now, he's there. Does that make sense or did I just ramble? No, that makes sense. About to pat myself on the shoulder. That, that did make sense. Somewhere in there, I may rewind the tape. Get that. It, it makes sense. 
When, as a matter of fact, let me prove it. My mind is running. Let me prove it. God is, he's a now God. He's now, because faith is now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's always now. When God told, when Moses came back to God and said, God, give me a name to tell Pharaoh, who should I say sent me? He didn't say I was that I was. And he didn't say I will be what I will be. He said, I am that I am, Papa. I am. I am, which means that he's now, I am that I am. So imagine if you came to God and he says, well, you know what? You can't really believe me for healing because I was your healing. You late. Or I will be your healing. That means you got to wait for it. But if he's always now, I am that I am whatever you need me to be because I'm a faith God. I really do believe God now. And maybe little, I got my little accelerators over here. Maybe this could be like the, the, the opening for the next series that I'm going to talk about when I talk about Give Me Faith. Yeah, so I'm going to have to mark this down and say maybe we should explore this and revisit this again. But we move on, verse 29, immediately, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. I, I love it. I just love it. I just love it. I love it that God, he just, he just loves to move on our behalf, that God is just not hoping. Yeah, that, that he's just not sitting back saying, well, if it's going to happen for you, it's going to happen for you. Let's just roll a dice and take a chance. Like he really does want to get involved and change things. But you know what he's looking for? A desperate heart. He's looking for people to really be desperate and go after him. Let's show you her desperation. Verse 30, at once Jesus realized that power, that this virtue, that this anointing had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd, and I love it, because whenever God asks questions, it's really not for his benefit. It's always for yours. You know God don't need to ask questions, baby. He know everything. Adam, where are you? Like God don't know. Come on. A lot of times God will ask you, where are you, so that you can answer the question and realize that you've lost your place. Yeah, a lot of times you need to. Self-talk is a good, healthy, motivational thing where you need to just say, Emmy, where are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's good to know how far you, ha you are off from where you need to be. Yeah, having values and, and structuring your life is tremendously important, even if you don't adhere to your own philosophy. Because even if you fall away, you know how far you need to go to get back in place. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. But he says, to, he says to his crowd and he says to his disciples, verse 31, you see the people crowding against you. No, 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 back up. Verse 30, he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched me? Who touched my clothes? Look at verse 31. You see the people crowding against you and yet you ask, who touched me? I love it because the King James uses the phrase, uh, you see the multitudes thronging thee. And I know we don't talk like that, but that, that just means that Jesus was like in a rave, like in a part, like, like the people were pressed up against him and he, he struggled to get by. And, they, and they're saying, Lord, you see all the people touching you. And he says, no, 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 you don't understand. There are a lot of people touching me, but someone really touched me. And isn't it interesting how we can be in the presence of God, but never touch the presence of God? Isn't it interesting that we can be surrounded with the things of God, but never encounter the God of the things we're surrounded with? Isn't it funny how Adam could be formed in the presence of God? There, God made man from the dust of the earth. Woof. The body is there, but he wasn't filled with the God. 
Yeah, he's in the presence of God empty for a moment. There are a lot of people who can encounter the presence of God and just be empty. And, and you know what's going to cause that desperation, that void, that vacuum to be filled? Desperation. He that hungers and thirsts after righteousness, he promised it. You shall be filled. He promised to fill an empty soul. He promised to fill the void that's in your heart. He promised, he promises, he promises. See, a lot of times we're groping for other things and we're chasing and we think that drugs is either going to fill it or let me drink to fill the void and let me sex it up to fill the void. But, but ultimately, what's going to fill the gap in your soul is a desperate heart for God. And the way that you're going to get in there is by releasing faith. Believe in God. Believe in God. You see the multitudes thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me? You see all the people around you and you're asking who touched you? No, 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 no. There's a lot of people who are touching me, but somebody touched me. Somebody received something from me because they believed me. You do know you can be in the presence of God and not receive anything because you go in there skeptical. You go in there playing around. You go in there tweeting and texting in the middle of service. No condemnation. I'm not looking around, but it does happen. When you need to go in there expecting God to move, going in there wanting an encounter with God, going in there desperate for the things of God. I've seen God move, and I've seen God do a lot of things. And some of you know partially my testimony, and I can highlight some things. And, and, and God was moving in my life. And when I look back, I realized that when I was more desperate for God, God did a lot of things. And when I got more convenient in my Christianity, I realized that God limited how much he moved. And it wasn't God's fault. I stopped releasing my faith and believing God. Things got convenient. Bills got paid. No sicknesses affecting the body. And I'm not saying that God will cause any of that to happen because you know that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's not what I'm suggesting. But, but isn't it funny how a devil will make you pray? Isn't it funny that somebody gossiping about you will make you turn and praise God? Yeah, yeah, you ain't pray all week, but now you got that nasty email, and now you're like, Lord, spend week all week, you were fasting and praying. Have fasted in 14 years, now you fasting because of some pressure. You realize that the 401k is losing funds rapidly because of the inappropriate decisions of the people that you selected to manage your money, and now you're praying, Lord, that's my security. That's, now you're praying. You wasn't praying when you realized it was going up. Now, this is not to condemn. I'm just showing you how, how, how sometimes unless pressure is applied, we're not really desperate for the things of God. And it's got to get to a point where we just fall in love with God for being God. Like, Father, we just want you. We just want you. I, I really believe that that's one of the things that caused Excel Church in the beginning. You know, we're five months young. We're averaging around 300 in attendance. We've seen 250 people give their lives to the Lord for the first time. Well, if you add, how many people in Excel Kids there? Two? Oh, that was last week. But either way, um, whatever the numbers were today, uh, but 250 since day one, we had 52 people water baptized then, and 19 people came down to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit all in a five-month period, and we're seeing so many new families come. And I really do, when you look back at the, at the genesis of this thing and, and this embryonic stage where we were trying to just invest 21 days in January just to pray and fast, and I'm trying to encourage people to just desperately seek God, that, that we would just watch God move if we would just really desire every 
everything that he had for us. What would God do in your life if we would just challenge him? Like believe him. Like put his word on the line. Where he told Isaiah as far, uh, uh, he told Isaiah that, that, that his word won't return to him void. That his word will accomplish what he desires and achieve the purpose for which he sent it. He says, my word can't come back home not accomplishing his purpose. It's going to fulfill it. It's going to fulfill it. Can we believe God that he's not a liar? That if he promised it, he will fulfill it. Yeah, that he's not a man, that he should lie. Uh, let me move on. What verse did I stop? Where are we at here? 31. Did you hear that? That was the remake. You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you asked who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. He's just searching for the person that's using their faith. A lot of faithless people, but one person used their faith. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, he came and fell at his feet and trembled with fear and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith. Man, I didn't write that. that. Like that was in the Bible before I was born. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. That, that's just one covenant promise. What else would God would do in your life if you would just have faith and believe God? had a guy I was talking to the other day, and I just said, I, I was telling him about the aspirations of wanting to buy a house. Uh, me and my wife, we don't currently live in the house we rent. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready for that, man, ready to make that transition. I said, I'm believing God. No more sitting around with this impoverished mentality like God can't do it. Like, come on. He was like, well, you know, I want to move too, and I don't know about I said, where's your faith? You don't believe that God can just get rid of that house and sell it, and it'll be a blessing for someone else, and then it'll turn around and be a blessing for you so that you can move and relocate? Like, where's the faith level at? Where's the faith for your job? Where's the faith for your business to believe God that he can actually get involved? You know that God's a businessman. Redemption is a financial transaction to be redeemed, to buy back. God's a businessman. Why can't you believe God in your business that God would touch it and bless it so that you can in turn not only just be blessed for yourself, but to be blessed, to be a blessing? Yeah, that you would just put other people on your mind. And as you continue to value other people, God will continue to bless you. Like, like, where's our faith at nowadays? Young people, where's the faith? Well, I don't know. I'm not going to do nothing with the rest of my life. I don't really want to go to this. I don't want to go to school. I don't want. Where's your faith for your future? God, you got a plan for my life. I don't know what that entails, but I'm not going to give up on you until I find it. Where's, where's our faith at for anything? I don't know your life and I don't know your story. Where's your faith, college student, to believe God for better grades? Like, I want to get down practical to where you live at. I don't want to just talk about things that are not crossing your road and crossing your street. Wherever you are, where are we believing God at? What do you need? Because I believe that his storehouse is full of promises. So while Jesus... Uh, was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Now this other story is crossing with this woman's story. So remember, Jesus started out to go to Jairus' house to heal his daughter, and in the process ran into a mob of people. He got interrupted. <laughs> Faith will stop Jesus. Jesus could be on the road to go do something else, but if you would believe him, he'll stop, take care of your need, and then get back on track again. Like faith has the, uh, uh, like a commanding voice to it, and it's proven. Yeah, you'll see three unique times in the New Testament 
where, where, where it was this unfeigned faith. Remember the Canaanite woman, Lord, heal my daughter because she's terribly vexed with a devil. And Jesus said, I had, ooh, Jesus, well, to, in this culture, we would consider it a disrespect. Jesus said, it's not right for me to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. You couldn't do that today. She's like, boy, what you talking about, toss it to the dogs? You was a dog, Jesus. They didn't do that. She said, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Jesus was on his way to go deal with business and stopped him. He said, whoa, I've never seen faith like this. No, not even in Israel. God's own people don't even believe like you believe. And I got this Canaanite African woman begging me for a crumb because she believes that if she just eats the outer skirts of the bread, that'll be enough to heal her child. Same thing with the Roman centurion in Matthew chapter 8 when he said, come and heal my, 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 my servant because he's home and he's sick. And he says, listen, I'm a man under authority. And I know when I tell somebody to do it, they do it. So he says, listen, don't even come to my house. Just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. That's all he said. Jesus said, oh, this Italian ain't no joke. He is believing God. And he said, go home. And when he, and that very hour, the book teaches that his servant was healed because he believed God. And in each one of those scenarios, those were people who did not even have covenant relationship with God. We're talking about Gentiles, heathens, crackheads, prostitutes. Believe in God. Believe in God. And sometimes when we get, put you on to something, sometimes you can, you can come to church fall in love with church, and the convenience of church will settle in. And if you're not careful and you don't constantly check your heart, church can become religion to you. And you'll get into moves and motions, and all of it will be a dead motion because your heart is not connecting with the God of the church. Constantly we got to evaluate. That's why the Bible says over and over again, test yourself to see whether you're in the faith. Examine your heart. Over and over again, we got to go through these self-evaluations constantly. And you need people like me to periodically show up and say, hey, have you been checking your heart? Have you stopped believing God? Yeah, yeah. When's the last time you actually released your faith to believe God for something big in your life? When's the last time God is sitting up in heaven just patting his toe, scratching his head, saying people aren't giving me anything to do? And he wants to move drastically in your life. I'm, one more verse and I'm going to be done. One more verse and I'm going to be done. One more verse and I'm Are you getting anything out of this? Uh, it's, 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 it's slowly creeping up to that time. And me and the clock, we are never friends ever. We will never be friends. As long as I'm a preacher, me and clocks are enemies. Let me, let me, let me find it. Matthew, I think it's Matthew chapter 12. Come with me to Matthew chapter 12. Stop. Stop playing around. They don't know anything about that? They're like, what you talking about? I'm hungry, Pastor. You better shut up and let me go home. I haven't eaten all day. You, you heard what Pastor D said. PD said, man, don't live on bread alone. Actually, he talked about stale bread. I almost got nervous. He was hyping me up. I was just like, imagine if I gave them stale bread and they was looking like for manna from heaven. <laughs> Hopefully we're giving you some. Man should not live on bread alone. Hold on. Let me, let me get here. And I'm kind of nervous right now because right now I'm trying to find a verse. Let me be honest with you. I'm trying to find a verse. <laughs> I'm about to paraphrase it right now and give you the Emmy unauthorized translation right now. That's what I'm about to give you in a minute. Keep playing around. But in, 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 the, in the book of Matthew, and I'm not going to keep going. I'm actually going to just give it to you. In the book of Matthew, a mustard seed faith. I think this is it. Let me see. Yeah. 
Jesus comes down from the top of the mountain. Um, this is not my regular Bible. I brought the big old ridiculous Bible thumper Bible. You know, there's multiple translations. I should have left that one back home. But Jesus goes to the top of the mountain. Some of you remember this, and, and I'm going to end in a minute. Jesus goes to the top of the mountain, and he's coming back down. And when he comes down, he takes, you know, the A team up there. He's got Peter, James, and John. They have an encounter with God up there. And he left his other disciples, the B team. They down low, and they're doing their thing. And, they, and this guy comes, and he brings his uh, son to the disciples. And the disciples try to cast this devil out of him, but it just didn't happen. How many people remember that? story. It just didn't happen. And so when Jesus came down, it's funny how you can have an encounter with God, walk right out of church and walk into trouble. <laughs> so, so they come down and just bump right into Jesus, just present a devil right to him after he just had an encounter with God. And they said, listen, we, we try to bring, uh, 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 we, brought, we, brought, we brought our problem to your preachers and your disciples and they couldn't fix it. That's a whole nother message blaming somebody for problems in their own house. So they, 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 they eventually uh, bring them, and then Jesus says this. He says, oh, you perverse and faithless generation. And one of the things that I get out of that when he talks about faith is that he didn't indict them particularly or individually. He indicted the generation. He says, the reason why you're having trouble believing me and you are a, he said, you're a faithless generation. He was like, the problem with you is that you're struggling to believe me because of your environment. The people that you run with, it's the generation that's not believing me. And you believe everything they say and believe everything you read. And the internet has now affected your thinking and your soul and your emotions and how you are believing me. And it's the generational thing. Oh, perverse and faithless generation. We, and when it comes to this, this, this aspect of believing God and starting to trust God again, we got to watch the people that we are running with. If you run with a bunch of doubters and unbelievers... You're going to start questioning everything you do. I've seen people who were serving God and turn around and renege on their commitment to follow God because of the people that they ran with. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion to fools suffers harm. Proverbs 13, 20. Yeah. Yeah, we got to be careful. Bad company corrupts good character. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. We, we got to watch the circle. It's the faithlessness of the generation. Yeah. We got to watch that aspect of it. Watch the surroundings and start putting ourselves more into the word of God, back into the word. Last verse, I'm just going to quote it for you. Um, actually, let me give it to you. Romans chapter 10. One more. One more. I lied. We say we're going to close multiple times. We lying. Uh, um, last verse. Last verse. Uh, Romans chapter 10. It's very familiar. Most of you know this verse that's in there. Look at verse 17 real quick. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. The Bible says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Somebody says, Lord, I want more faith. Put yourself in a position to hear and hear more of the word of God. You need more faith? Don't pray for it. There's nowhere in the scriptures where it says you can pray for faith. Faith doesn't come by praying. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I need more faith. You, don't, you know what it is? When you need more faith, you just have a word problem. You need to get more Bible. 
You need to get more word. You need to put yourself in an environment where you're hearing more of the word, where you're confessing more of the word. You, 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 not only are you saying it, but you're getting it inside of you. Sometimes you need to change the game when it comes to your commute. You can't be sitting around listening to Romero for six hours in the car. W-A-A-F, they talk about man town, all these women taking on. You can't be building up your spirit, wasting six hours in a car. You already got to drive an hour to work. You might as well empower yourself by listening to the right things. Faith comes by hearing. Why not put something productive in the car and surround that atmosphere with something that's going to build your faith? I'm going to challenge you. Some of you young people, evaluate that. Two changes are not going to build your faith. These guys understand what I'm talking about. Let me come over here. Let me come over here. You understand what I'm saying? Like, 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 like really, 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 this stuff that's out there today, Lil Wayne is not going to build your faith. You know what's going to build your faith? The word of God. You know what's going to build your faith? The word of God. The word of God. It's going to build your faith. And then you might sound ridiculous to other people. I know when I'm around people who are believing God because they talk crazy. <laughs> Pastor, you know we could do that. We could buy that 50 acres of land. I'm looking at him like, I ain't going to tell him what I'm really thinking. I need to get in the Bible right now and stretch my faith because this brother's embarrassing me secretly and nobody knows it. <laughs> got to go back and say, Lord, stretch my faith like Joel. He's got me believing you for the sun to stand still. I just, good Lord. And that's what you need. You need somebody to challenge you. Just think about it. Everybody can't be on a walker. You got to have friends who are not in a walker because they challenge you to start trying to walk without all that assistance. No, really, you, everybody can you can't always, if you're broke, you can't always be running with people that are broke. You got to let people stretch you and expose you to more and expose you to better and start seeing people running companies and running businesses. And you say, man, I didn't think that I could do that. Exposure. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Expose yourself to more. I love to run with people who are eagles, not buzzards. Buzzards can't fly. They stay on lower levels and they hop like rabbits. They don't get up high. I want to run with eagles who can soar high. I'm real careful about the group of people who speak into my life. That's why I got people like your pastor. And you know if I'm selecting him, you should be selecting him. And my pastor and other men of God who are doing things on a, a larger level, I really do want to, I want to be stretched by people who are thinking bigger than me. It pushes me beyond my comfort zone so I can start to believe God. Some of you don't want to be uncomfortable. And if you don't ever want to be uncomfortable, you're never going to grow. Living things grow. Yeah, growing things are constantly changing all the time. Get around people who, are just, who will just push you beyond. If your marriage is falling apart, strategize about finding a couple that you know has a thriving one and pay for dinner. Hey, we want to take you out. We want to build a relationship. How do you build that relationship? Help a brother out. <laughs> no, really. Yeah, you'd be surprised. You got to be willing to invest in this stuff. Release your faith. Allow God. Just, just believe. That's the, if I'm going to say anything and walk out of here today, believe God more than you have been. Believe him more than you have been. I share this one story and I'm going to close. Didn't I say that already? I'm going to say this one story and I'm going to close. They told me a while ago, my son's here with me today, and, and they told me that my son was going to die. And my wife at the time, she had a placenta previa. Evan was still inside the womb. And at this time, I remember just, I was, a, I was, one, of those, I was, I was one of those crazy Christians, P. Like, I was a person, like, back in the days, like, I had no filter on my faith. 
Like, I was one of those people that would get kicked out the hospital. Like, I was weird like that. I'm sorry, Lord. I didn't mean to disrespect or misrepresent you, but I was like that. My faith was just out there. I was just out there. So we went into the hospital one day, and I remember them saying, oh, no, um, it's not going to happen. I think you're going to end up losing this one. And I remember hearing some language like that, and I was just like that. It just didn't resonate well with my spirit. It didn't resonate well with the Bible. I just know I can remember David in a psalm saying, I will not live, but die. I mean, I will not die, but live and proclaim what the Lord has done. And I would just think about all that God had did in the Bible. And I remember how given that, just making that statement, and that was based on what they knew. And they said, yeah, I, if this thing doesn't change and things doesn't they don't come up um you might you might lose him and and things of that nature and I said listen do me a favor just schedule another appointment because something's going to change and I remember going home that day and I remember laying hands on my wife's belly and I said father I don't have the answer I don't I don't know what they said they said the placenta is previa or is it placenta whatever it is fix it whatever they said it was too low bring it up Whatever you need to do, just fix it. I started getting every verse in the Bible that I could think about that pertained to healing. And every day I would just lay my hand on her stomach and I'll say, Father, I thank you because my son is healed. Now, that's after I prayed, because remember, Mark 11, 23, whatsoever, uh, no, verse 24, whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you received it and you shall have it. So I just took him up on his offer. That's all I did. Prayed every day for a good month and a half. Father, I thank you. This my boy is healed. He ain't dying. No, it's not. He's not. I'm, I'm my faith. I'm not. I'm not. I was mad. Not at God. I was just angry. I was like, just not happening. Thief cometh. I'm not happening. Every day. I remember going back to that appointment. And when we went inside there, look at Evan sitting there nonchalantly. Like I heard this so many times already. You can't get rid of me, Dad. I'm here. I'm alive. And 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 I remember going back and they looked at um she they went to go do the ultrasound and they took that, you know, that that transparent jelly they threw on her belly and put the ultrasound and they just looking in there and everything else and I remember the the nurse specifically saying I don't believe it and when she said that you talk about a loud wild Puerto Rican in the hospital like I just lost it I jumped back and I told the lady I said oh I told you now you would have thought I was arrogant I was just really confident I was just believing God so God knew my heart even if you didn't and I said I told you I told you and I just started quoting I got up and I ran down the hallway and I went out into the waiting room and I just walking around and I was like God is good like I was just I was a little ape that day I was just bananas I remember the the receptionist she's sitting there typing and she's just looking over at me and she's just like and I'm like, yeah. And so this, this young African-American kid, he was probably around 20 years old. He's sitting in there and his head is in between his legs. And then he was just like, I said, I said, what's wrong? Why? I, I kind of felt like Jesus, old King James version. I said, your continence has fallen. What, what's wrong with you? And he was just like, they said my, my, my baby's not going to make it. They said that my, I might lose my child. And I, just, I said, who told you that? <laughs> Honestly, God, this is the truth. I'm not lying to you. I tell you no lie. I've kind of calmed down. I need to go back to that sometimes. But, but I said, who told you that? And he said, that's what they said. I said, that's what they told me. I said, God is greater than that. And I said, young man, I don't know you. I said, put your hands up. I almost felt like I was in a club there. Put your hands up. Put your hands. I, no, I said, I said, put your hands up. And so he put his hands up and I just proceeded to pray for him. I laid my hands on him and I said, I don't know if I'll ever see you again. I'll ever meet you again. But I'm believing God that he will do in your life what he did in mine. And when he heals your child, I just want you to give him the glory for it. And I don't know if I happen to be the angel in his life because I'd never seen homeboy again. Never seen him again in my life. But God did a miracle that day. When I challenged and I wanted to believe God. 
And to this day, that has become an experience and an encounter that I keep in my pocket like a Visa card. And I say it all the time because I'll never get tired of pulling out that resume and letting the world know that this is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in my eyes. (laughs) Glory to God. Well, I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for who you are. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, because you're an awesome God. And you reign in heaven above. Yes, with wisdom, power, and love. My God is an awesome God. And so, Father, we just salute you. We worship you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Father, I pray, Lord, that, that, you, that when we walk out of here, your heart is pleased, that people are now are challenged to believe you again, that without faith, it is impossible to please you. And, Father, we really do want to please you. And I know that your word also teaches that anything that's not done by faith is sin. So, Father, we really do want to live a life of faith where we just trust you, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Help us, Lord, to not be governed by our emotions. Our emotions are relevant. They're a part of life. But help us not to be dictated by them. Help us not to be dictated by our past. Help us to close the door of our history so we can move closer into our destiny. And, Father, we just believe you today. Not, no, we, don't, we don't just believe in you. We are going to believe you to change our lives around. We are going to believe you to change our homes upside down. We are going to believe you that, that addictions are going to be broke and we don't have to call ourselves uh, uh, users anymore, that we, we're going to call ourselves delivered and set free. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to claim a, a name of, of what is trying to define us. We're, we're moving forward healed and blessed of the Lord. Father, we are believing you. I'm, I'm believing you for Connect Community Church, that you would flood this place with more souls. Yeah, we, we call them in from every direction in the name of Jesus. And I thank you because this church is going to be responsible with what you have given them. And as a result, you're going to entrust them with more. Father, we believe you to do big things in this community. And it is not for our glory and for our name. Father, continue to remind us that we're not trying to be popular. We're trying to make Jesus famous. So we thank you for what you're doing. I pray, Lord, for Excel Church and what you're doing in that area as well. I thank you, Lord, because you're raising up more church planters and more churches in the New England area. And I thank you, Lord, because we are believing you that people are going to get saved in droves. I'm talking about droves. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you're raising up armies right now. There are people contemplating whether or not they're going to go all in in ministry with you. And I thank you by faith. No more fear. You haven't given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind and we are going to trust you with our future you are the source of everything you are the source of our money you are the source of our healing you are the source of our destiny you are the source of the power we just look to you for everything for everything there's somebody sick here father we release our faith and believe you to heal them there's someone dealing with depression we believe you to heal them We come against the spirit of suicide right now in the name of Jesus. I believe you, Lord, for a spirit of peace to just blanket every soul in the building. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, upon our lives. I thank you because we even believe in you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, even if we haven't experienced it yet. We're going to believe you because we are believers. We thank you and we praise you for what you're doing. In Jesus' holy name. Let the church say amen.